Hello and welcome to The Gist. I'm your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week to break down all the things happening in pop culture and across Bravo. And before we get into last week's episodes, um, I first got to just cover a couple of quick hot topics. The first one, of course, Taylor and Joe, after six years, are, well, we're going to call it a divorce, but they have ended their relationship after six years. Of course, I'm talking about Taylor Swift. And so the rumor a few years ago was that these two got married secretly and that they've been living like very under the radar as a married couple. And so this divorce or separation potentially is a lot bigger than just a breakup. But um, but regardless of what it is, they are they have ended. Um, we have confirmation that they just sort of grew apart and that was what led to the split so nothing you know scandalous there but who knows i mean we will probably get another taylor record that will really tell us and dissect what happened in that relationship so i'm ready for that um but hoping that all is well you know she's on on a high with this era's tour so I'm not worried about her, but, you know, wishing her and Joe both well. Um, so that's big breaking news that happened over the weekend. Of course, it was also Easter weekend. So happy Easter to all of you that celebrated. Um, and then last night, guys, if you are not watching Succession, stop everything and watch it. I mean, call in sick because it's not like, oh, I can't remember if it's four or five seasons, but it's it's not long. I just caught up uh, over COVID. I was behind. And it, it, first of all, it's an incredible show. But last night's episode was epic television and I'm still not over it. So I'm not going to say what happened. I'm not going to talk too much about it because I don't want it to be a spoiler alert because, oh boy, would it be. But um, yeah, it's its final season time to watch it if you're not doing so and if you are slide into my dms and let's chat about last night's episode because um my husband joe does not watch it and so i don't have anyone to talk about it with and i'm like i said i'm like still unwell from watching that i mean i don't know how they wanted us to watch that and then go to bed so um so that's kind of what's happening in outside of Bravo. But uh, last week on Bravo, a couple of the the shows um, that we've got going right now, starting off with uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey, opening with Dolores and Polly talking about Frank and their relationships with their exes. I've really come to like Polly. I think that he is a breath of fresh for Dolores. Like he seems like he has his shit together. His house is gorgeous, and you know he's got like he's just seems like he takes care of her and you know they obviously Dolores and Frank have had kind of this crazy dynamic and it's been it's been tough to like for them to sort of to for I think for us more than for them but um but for us to sort of see this divide because they're good television they're like they have like a real you know fun play to their relationship but sometimes you just got to move on and unfortunately they got divorced many years ago and now it's just time so i i'm loving polly um then we go to rachel's house um where you know we get a little bit of the backstory around Jaden's birth mother 
Um, and I, I loved that Rachel referred to her as this girl. And I realized it's because like Rachel's so young, like Rachel is younger than some of the cast of Summer House. Like that blo blows my mind. And because, <laughs> you know, we, we wanted a, like, especially if I've now been with this Housewives franchise since it started. And so it's like years and years have gone by. And I started when like, I was young. And so now I'm watching these like younger than me women that are housewives. And that, that concept to me is like really blowing my mind. But, um, I don't know if we like fully know what's going on with the birth mother. Um, they just sort of alluded that like things were really bad. Um, her husband had to step in and take custody. She, the birth mother has since come out, since the episode aired, had come out and given an interview saying that like he, she was unable to see the son um, and that like there was like a court order in place and that they were keeping him from her. So I don't know if we know the full story that's going on there, but the main thing that like I really took from this, um, from, well, the two things that I took from this scene. The first is a couple of weeks ago, I had said like, what does Rachel's husband do? Because like they have this incredible shore house. It was like this huge, huge shore house. And I, I thought it was their, their regular house. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. But I did say, well, there's not a lot of furniture in it, but it's this like massive home and so good for them. But I was like, but what does he do? And then Rachel sort of like talked about how they're serial entrepreneurs. And so they like, I mean, she was like, oh, we have a laundromat, a pizza place, a, a gym. Uh, I mean, I, none of these things are probably what she actually said, but she had so many like various um, businesses that they just like own, I guess. So I guess good for them. Um, I, I'm not, I'm still not clear what their roles are in these businesses. Like if they were just investors, but again, where did, where did all of the money come from? But then I'm sitting there and I'm, they're in their home and I start realizing like, there is nothing in this home. It looks like a rental. And I'm pretty sure, cause you know that we have had housewives, uh, Karen Huger, who rent homes so that it looks like they are, are very wealthy and they rent these like big homes to film housewives. And uh, I think that that's what we've got going on here because there's a scene where you can see like their entertainment center and there's literally like four tchotchkes from Z gallery on like nine shelves. And I was like, Oh my God, this place has nothing in it. They can't live here. Like this doesn't feel like a lived in home. So it's either a brand new home and good for them and they have not yet like taken any photos out or this is a rental and they're which if it's a rental this is unfortunately my mind goes to uh all of this it feels really inauthentic because i don't like when housewives i'd rather them you know gina on oc is not my favorite housewife but at least she can like live in her casita and be like yeah it's like what i can afford i don't like when we get like a bunch of fake houses and fake cars and because then it's just like it's not real and it's not the real housewives so anyways that was my take there um then we got dolo and jen they're finally sitting down to talk because my god every time they came together it was just like they were both so stubborn that neither one of them would just like get over it and so i love seeing them back together again 
I felt like they just both came in with the right energy. They were just like kind of at the point where they were like, it's time for us to just move on and not rehash the past. And I think they got to a good place. I don't know if they were like in the like, you know, place that they were prior to the fight, but I think that they both are proceeding with caution and in, in a better place. And I like that because last uh, the last episode, we had seen that Dolores was like standing up for Jen and Bill when people were bad mouthing their marriage. And so I felt like this is a this is a good rekindling of this friendship. I think we really needed it. Um, and then we go to Melissa and Joe's new house to get a tour of the house that Joe's building. And um, honestly, the house is just as boring as they are. I just am like, when they're honestly, when they don't talk about Teresa, their scenes just have nothing in them. They have like no meat to these people. And speaking of Teresa, that's why this episode feels a little bit strange because she's she has COVID. She had one scene with Danielle um, where she's on FaceTime and she's like, yeah, I, I got COVID, which I did find kind of strange because she says that she got COVID the day after she tested positive the day after the barbecue that they were all at. And so I'm like, OK, I guess I guess everyone else just like happened to miss it. But you guys all were within the COVID bounds. And so I was surprised that they even let filming continue. But I guess the restrictions of COVID have sort of lifted. And I guess that uh, goes down into the Bravo space as well. Um, but yeah, so she can't film. So this was like a little bit of a sign of what we would get if it, there was an ep- if there was a season without Teresa. And quite frankly, like it needed her. Like there wasn't a true matriarch. We didn't have sort of a guiding light through this through this episode and again we get melissa and joe and they can't really talk about Teresa in their scene because there's not the producers can't cut in like Teresa's side of the story so that was that was a little strange they did of course still talk about the fight that they had had and that louis was crying and and stuff which you know i really want to like louis guys i really want to like louis because I think that Teresa is really happy and I really, I love seeing Teresa in a happy place because it's been so dark for her for so many years. And, but he just does things that I, I don't know if I can, if I can get fully on board with. Um, so, you know, they're talking about that. Oh, and then they talked about Ladina, um, uh, kind of friendship and the fallout of why like Dina's not coming to the wedding now, but she was at the engagement party and why Dolores was not at the engagement party. And I love the producers are like, do you want to tell us like, was the reason that you were not at the engagement party because of Dina? And Dolores is like, I'm, I'm not talking about Dina. Um, And I just loved that because like, clearly there is some beef there that these women like have, and it would probably make for epic, an epic season. But we do know, I mean, Dina doesn't live in Jersey for one. And two, we know that she doesn't want to be part of this Bravo space anymore. But um, what we learned is as part of the pizza oven gate, Dina's husband had called Joe Gorga and, you know, kind of was like taking his side. And Teresa found out about that. And that's why she potentially like didn't want Dina to come to the wedding now. And this is what Joe's version of it, or Melissa and Joe's version of it, is that they're telling on this episode. But Dina took to Instagram Live 
um, after the episode aired and she was like, even though I don't watch, I'm hearing my Google alerts are going nuts. Um, and this is what I'm hearing is like the case. And she basically dispelled all of that. Like she was like, no, that's none of that is true. My husband didn't call Joe. Like, so again, it's like, they just say things and everyone's always coming back and disproving all of the things that they're saying. So I don't really know that we're ever getting anything true or real from these two. Um, and then I guess really all that's left of, of the episode was the coffee reading, which, um, you know, Jennifer wanted to host it, but she felt like because of her sort of um, beef that she has with like Marge and some of, of the other ladies, that it would probably be better to, if Dolores hosted it. Um, and so Dolores hosted it at Polly's house. And my God, everyone was like obsessed with this house because it's gorgeous. I mean, at first I was confused. I thought it was a townhome, but then we got like another shot of it and I was like, Oh, this place is like a massive home. Um, and it's like amazing. I mean, it's such a, a like a really high end bachelor pad, like guitars and, and just the things that the way that it's put together, I can't remember who I think it was. Jen Fessler said that she felt like she was walking into 50 shades of gray. And, uh, I mean, it was, it was just like this awesome, awesome, uh, place, but it was so interesting because everyone like that walked in was like, Oh my God, this place is amazing. Good for you. Dolores was like complimenting Polly. Like everyone had a huge reaction about this home, except for Marge. Marge walked in and like, and I just, I think that that's like Marge's like true self and personality is like, she's so narcissistic that she couldn't even see like that she was walking into a beautiful home and didn't like have the wherewithal to like, you know, compliment a home that she had never been in before. So she just kind of like expected that she was there and she was the life of the party. And so I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then they all sit down for, or no, before they sit down for the reading, that's when Dolores and Jen announced that they are bridesmaids and Melissa is bitter and it just, you know, it cuts to her making her sad faces and, you know, she's like, oh, this doesn't even make sense. Like Dolores wasn't even at the engagement party, but now she's a bridesmaid and, you know, it's, it's giving, I, I'm, I'm for it because Melissa and Teresa don't get along. So she doesn't want her in the wedding. And I think time to move on from that. So that uh, sort of leads us to the coffee cup reading, which, you know, ever to each their own, like some people believe in that stuff and some don't. And clearly some of these women did not believe it from the moment that they sat down. Um, but Dolores goes first and the woman's like, Dolores, I see a ring on your finger. Um, and it's coming soon. And so that was like, you know, everyone was like, Oh, this is great. And then, uh, you know, she kind of goes, she bops around the table and then she gets to Margaret and she's like, I'm seeing a friend with the letter L that has stabbed you in the back. And, you know, and as we had learned in a previous episode, Margaret's friend, Laura, um, had reached out to Teresa and Jennifer and was spilling some tea that, you know, they were like, we will never share this because we don't want to give it legs, but just know your friend is like stabbing you in the back. And so Margaret was like, okay, come on. You, you clearly like someone prepped you ahead of time for this reading. Like you're just trying to stir the pot, uh, bringing up Laura again on camera. 
and then it gets to Jennifer's reading, which just causes chaos because they were all already like feeling questioning, like questioning this woman's abilities. And then Jennifer's reading is like, you will get a lot of endorsements and you will have endorsed like you and your husband. And it was like all these things that Margaret and Jennifer had fought about. And everyone was like, okay, clearly Jennifer, you like peppered this woman with information to say as part of the readings. And so the women are like, I mean, I was in one, one side of me was also like, this does feel a little bit inauthentic, but then the other side of me was like, I feel really bad for this woman because this is her profession. And now she's on television, essentially being exposed and made, made to be a joke. And so I just loved it because it like everyone was sort of laughing and just like, oh, God, this, oh, this is so unreal. And like everyone's going off and it was full on chaos. And then at one point, the woman just like stands up and leaves because the women start fighting and she just like booked it out. She was like, "Okay, I guess I guess my scene is over. And she like I was actually kind of picturing like a Bravo producer, like snapping at her and being like, yeah, get out of the shot, like let this fight play out. You can't be a part of it. So um, so that's where we kind of end with that. Everyone's like, yeah, we're out of here. Like this is this isn't real. And. I mean, wild, wild, wild. So I think definitely didn't go the way Jennifer had hoped it was going to go. And um, yeah, but but we needed Teresa back. And so next episode, we're uh, going to Ireland, guys. We're going to Ireland and we're going to celebrate uh, Teresa's bachelorette. And we're I feel like we're going to get some good stuff there. Um, and we're finally going to find out what is the news that Laura has that she shared with Jennifer. And um Teresa, Danielle's like, okay, we're getting to the bottom of it. I want to know. I want to know the tea. Um, so then we go. So that's Real Housewives. Um, then we've got Summer House. So uh, last, the last episode, Girls' Night. You know, the girls were having the conversation about going to Montauk, and Lindsay was like, I have no reason to go to Montauk without Carl. Danielle gets upset by that because she's like, I would be your reason. Like, I'm your best friend, and that would that offends me um so they kind of like hashed it out like it got it got aggressive it was like kind of a fight and then i think that like ultimately they were just like let's decide to table this conversation because we want to have a girl's night and have fun so then they're all like let's go to the bar the guy's night stuff is like still happening where you know he's Uh, they're making Chris like grab things out of the girl's room and he decides to grab Sierra's underwear, which I thought was like really gross. Um, but yeah, I was just, yeah, I'm not, I just don't like Chris. I just don't think that he's like bringing anything. And so like to have a whole guy's night of like initiating him was just kind of lame. Um, and then they, then the boys join up with the girls at the bar and Lindsay's immediately like, let's go home. And so, but then I felt like everyone went home, but I'm sure that we just missed some of the timeline there. Um, but then we get, um, you know, we're, we're back in the house. I'm trying to think about like what some of the other stuff, I guess like the girls did have like a bit of a moment before the guys arrived to where Gabby finally kind of confronted Sierra. But then like the fight ended up turning into Danielle and Sierra and guys, you, you know, if you are listening to this, you know that I love Danielle, but she is kind of getting involved in a lot of things 
where it's probably not to her benefit ultimately. So I'm hoping that she kind of can rein that in a bit, but because her and Sierra like are in a good place now, and so like it was, it wasn't great for her to kind of like bring bring it back around to their fight that was so explosive last season. Um, but um, you know, obviously the Danielle and Lindsay fallout is building, and everyone just seems to be fueling that fire. Like Carl and Lindsay go to bed that night. Danielle goes into the girls' room and is like, "What is going on? Like this was crazy." And you know, you can almost see like. Amanda and Paige are like living for it. Like they're like, yeah, Lindsay is like nuts. Like they're, they just like are, they are like two little mean girls that are just living for the fact that this is about to fall out. Um, and then we uh, start preparing for Kyle's 40th birthday. So as I mentioned, Rachel on Real Housewives of New Jersey is younger than a lot of the folks in the, in this house. So we're now preparing for, uh, preparing for Kyle's 40th birthday. Um, oh, and Sierra's new confessional look. Did you guys see it like in the red? Why does she look different? I like for a second, I had to double take. Cause I was like, I don't even know if that's Sierra. Is it a nose job? I saw on her Instagram. I like went to look at a photo. And she does. She looks very different. And I can't tell if, like, she's just had, like, a lot of filler somewhere that's, like, filled her face out differently. Or if it's her nose. Because, like, it's a very dramatic difference. And she had, like, a great nose. I mean, she was she's a gorgeous woman. And so I was really confused when I saw this look. Because it's clearly, like, something has changed. Um, and then we get back to the city... Um, for a little bit, we get like a, a couple of scenes and then Robert and Danielle, um, are in their house throwing out all of their expired food. Cause apparently they like are never in their house, but you can just like, see, he is checked out. Like he's, she's like, I would think about like, I want to maybe buy a house or I want to like do some things. And he's just kind of like, yeah, I'm not like really down to like make any decisions. You know, I don't want to like make any long-term plans right now. So I felt like he was kind of telling her like, I'm, I'm going to leave you, but we have a camera here. So it was, it was a, it was a sad sort of scene to see because, but I think critical because we obviously know how it ends. And I think it would have been strange for Danielle to sort of be talking about Robert all season and us not to have seen it. And then all of a sudden it ends, it would have felt like a little fishy. Now it makes perfect sense. Um, and so then everyone's heading back to the Hamptons, uh, for Kyle's birthday weekend, uh, Craig and Corey arrive for the hoedown. Um, so they are in the house. Um, Danielle, I love, I love every time that they show them all arriving and people like are pissed off about the parking. Like someone is always making some kind of comment about like who parked, who like left their cars like this. And, um, Danielle walks in and like before even saying anything, she just yells out like whoever parked these cars is an idiot, but hi, it was amazing. Cause I've been in that situation where like you arrive and you're like so frustrated and then you're like, all right, here's, I've, I've put the shade out there. I said what I needed to say and now I'm moving on. Um, she arrives though, and it's like super chilly between her and Lindsay. They haven't spoken in a week, which apparently is the first time they haven't done that. So again, we're like really seeing that this is like building and building. 
um, we learned that Kyle had turned 40 over the week um, and that he, he was crying about it. And I couldn't tell if he was crying because he was like sad that he was like getting older or if he was crying because like he didn't feel like anyone celebrated him, even though they're about to throw this like huge party. So I was I was a little like unsure as to what was making him cry. But he talked about how like Amanda woke up and he was like sitting there crying. Um, and then everyone Sierra and Maya have a have a chat about Corey and whether or not Sierra would hook up with him. He arrives, Lindsay introduces him to Sam. Sam's like, oh my God, he's so hot. So she's like, I'm ready to get down with him. So you instantly know that's coming. We get to dinner. Sierra's getting annoyed that Sam's flirting with Corey at the table. Um, and we're getting like... We're getting somewhere with that. Um, but as I, I mentioned this on uh, last week's episode with Gibson Johns, I was like, this is where sometimes the news breaking and like the real time tweeting and things like this sort of ruins the storylines because we can see that there's like a Sierra Sam uh, like flirt off coming because they both want to like potentially be with Corey. But then Sam did all these. Um, interviews this week and revealed that her and Corey are now officially dating and their boyfriend and girlfriend. So it's like, okay, well, I guess we know how that's going to play out and they are going to end up together because they are still together. So, um, and I'm, I'm wondering if Sam goes to winter house. I'm not sure if Sam's at winter house, but I know Corey is. So that could also be like where that sort of becomes official, but we know how it's, it's not going to work out well for Sierra. Um, then uh, Chris is like ch chugging a double or triple bourbon. He's like, oh, it's just bourbon. It was like a full glass. And someone like tells him to chug it. And he does, which first of all is like so childish. It's like, and I mean, that's the type of behavior that you see happen when they're like 21, 22. But again, like these are older people. These are people that are like my age or, or even older at some point. And... I'm just like, why are you doing that? And it also, he's doing that right in front of Carl, which I just kind of find disrespectful knowing that like Carl's situation and that he's sober and like, it's just like, I don't know when people do those really stupid things where they're just like drinking in excess, like really fast or like chugging a bunch of like hard alcohol. I'm just like, that's just like a recipe for death. So I, I find no humor in that. Um, again, clearly don't like this guy. Um, and then everybody's like setting up for the party and the setup is like giving me anxiety. Like there's so many things like just everywhere. When I turn 40, I, like I need people to set things up for me. Like if I'm still setting up my own party, things have not gone well. I mean, where are they? I mean, these people have money. Like, why aren't they hiring someone to come in and like put this party together? Why isn't Bravo paying to put this party together? I mean, I guess part of it is like, that's part of the show is like, we're watching them sort of do all of these things together, but like, oh my God, it, it was giving me anxiety to see that. And then Carl and Kyle like have like their moment where they're like, we haven't really caught up and we're just sort of getting back on the right track. And he's like, I haven't really checked in with you on like how things are going with Lindsay and Carl drops the bomb that he's going to propose and uh, that he's gonna propose at the end of the summer. So clearly on the show. Um, 
And yeah, and then and we kind of get that as our as our cliffhanger into into next week. Then we get the mid season trailer, and I'm sorry, guys, there's nothing left. I I didn't see anything that I was like, oh, that looks really good. There seems to be some Carl Lindsay stuff, but we know that we know that the Danielle and Lindsay stuff is gonna implode. But I feel like this is all gonna be one episode, and then I'm just like, I don't know if we have anything left. So, um. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. Um, but that's Summer House. Um, and then Vanderpump Rules. So again, this picks up from the last episode. We know Allie, um, James's girlfriend, had left the table because James was screaming at Ariana. And she left because she was like, you know, I just like started to realize like this maybe isn't what I wanted because he started screaming and I didn't like like who he was being and it's like girl you've got a long road ahead of you because if you didn't know that James Kennedy like pops off like that then you haven't like been you haven't had your eyes open um so she's getting her moment um oh god and then uh Sandoval okay I wrote down the quote because it was like a wild quote and these are those things where we're watching this now through the through the eyes of scandoval um with our scandoval colored glasses on uh he says sometimes real power is having the power to do something and not doing it okay he's trying to be so profound and i love it immediately goes to james like oh god sandoval with his like profound stuff Sometimes real power is having the power to do something and not doing it. This is a like ego maniac. He like having real power is having the power to do something and not do it. I mean, I know I'm dissecting these words over and over because it's a wild statement. And it's like, so you have the power to be with Raquel, but you aren't powerful enough to not do it. So you should probably be taking your own advice because as we learn, the rumor is because uh, Schwartz has admitted that he learned that they hooked up or had a one night stand as he calls it, uh, Raquel and him uh, on in August. Well, this is August. This is Sheena's wedding was August 20 something like 23rd. So it's like, is it, ha so now people think it happened in Mexico because as we know, Sandoval and Raquel disappear for a few hours and no one knew where they went. And we now know that they potentially like were hooking up. And if you watch this whole, like the whole like episode, they're making eyes at each other. They're like really catching each other's glances. It's, there's a lot going on. And so for him to have said that in front of Raquel and in front of Ariana to James, as he was some kind of like, you know, religious leader, I, it was, it's just wild. It's wild to me. Um, then we did end up getting to see the Katie and Tom dinner. I thought last week that they were having like their private moment, which I kind of wish that they had, but I guess we would have missed the fallout of that because first of all that the rush the reservation was under bubba and so the like um server was like hello mrs bubba <laughs> to katie it was amazing um but we have to like let the bubba thing go like they're divorced um 
And then the producers are being super shady because Tom's like so uncomfortable and he's like, oh, this suit is so tight. It used to fit me perfectly. I don't know what happened. And then he's like, oh, bread and butter. And they're like showing him eating, stuffing his face with bread and butter. Um, but yeah, then like they get into it and they're like trying, like she wanted to, she was like, I need to make this like toast. And she was trying to say this like really nice, sweet thing and make a sweet toast. And he just has like no brain cells because he's like making things funny and trying, like he's, you know, getting out of his suit and talking about how uncomfortable he is. And it's just, it, it really didn't go well. And then they started talking about the way in which he doesn't defend her. And he was like, but I do, I do. And she was like, no, you don't. And, you know, they just, they get, into it after that and katie says he i realized he he didn't like me he might have loved me but he just didn't like me and that's so sad because like he actually like that's probably so true like you can tell schwartz loves katie like he feel like he is i feel like he is truly remorseful that they are divorced and that he's like losing his baba but he's not nice to her and I don't think he likes her. And so for her to have that realization and to say that out loud, that must like really, really hurt. So I feel really bad for her. Um, and then we get uh, back to the place, uh, back to the group dinner, Lala and Sheena start going at it because Lala doesn't want to go on the boat with Raquel there's so they like and gina's like leaving lala runs after her i noticed that like i felt like the camera kept being out of focus like i was like oh is someone doing this on their self filming this from their cell phone because like they didn't have clearance or something to record with the cameras like in that like main space of the hotel um it was like I, I kept getting distracted in the fight or in the conversation because i was like it's so out of focus um so then Katie goes back to her room. She leaves Tom at the table. Um, they're in a bad place. Uh, Christina Kelly comes to the room. She's kind of saying like what happened. So then Raquel comes knocking in one of the most epic scenes ever. Raquel's like, hi, I'm here. And they're like, why are you here? And she's like, well, could I just like come in for a minute? And they're like, oh, I mean, I guess. So she comes in and She's like, I'm here to deliver a message from Sheena. And like, Sheena just doesn't expect you to be at the preferred pool where because it's the only one with a swim-up bar and we don't want you to, to be around us. Um, so we just wanted to let you know. And uh, <laughs> I love, uh, Katie's like, well, this is my vacation and I'm gonna go to whatever bar I want to. And she's like, well, you've been taken off the list because you didn't book like in time or through the right thing. And Katie, Katie's like, uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to go do whatever I want to do. Like, and, and Raquel's like, oh, so you're just going to be that girl and do what you want to do. And she's like, uh-huh. And they get into this like really catty little like interaction. And then Raquel leaves to tell, um, to tell Sheena that she had like delivered the message. And Sheena's like, oh, when I said that I was, um, I was kind of joking, but I love that she did it. <laughs> so 
Uh, but it was so weird. It was giving me Alex McCord. If you guys are like Roni fans and you'll, you'll remember like back in the day when Bethany and Jill were having their fallout and Bethany like had a phone call with Alex and was just like, well, are you going to make up with Jill or how do you feel? And she's like, I just, I'm done with Jill and I just need Jill to know I'm done with her because I don't want to deal with this anymore. And so Alex is like, well, I will deliver that message. And, and Bethany's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Whatever. So they, and, and so Alex makes this huge, like, scene of like and it it's a chaotic scene because everyone keeps interrupting her but she's like i am here to deliver a message from bethany to jill and everyone's like oh god what and uh she finally is like she her message is she is done with you and everyone's like oh my god that's so stupid and alex is breaking out in hives anyways it was just giving me a flashback to that when raquel did that i was like this is such an alex mccord moment um so i was kind of living for that then we get to the bachelor party and the bachelorette parties um couple of quick notes i guess raquel saying that she could have been a bitch and didn't want lala to be um on the catamaran um uh, is like her is her own delusion it's like it's so crazy it's sheena's day and lala is sheena's friend so you actually couldn't have been a bitch and said that like because sheena would have probably kicked you off the boat so that like i'm starting to really see that raquel's a nut a nutcase um lala needed to check in with ali to see like how things are going with james i think lala's in love with james and so I think all of this like checking in and like trying to be his like buddy and all of these things like she just needs to bang it out with James again and like they just maybe need to be together I I know that I predicted and that I wanted that to be the case at the reunion I don't think that happened but I think that these two like just need to give a go and and I think they need to just like be in love and so otherwise bachelorette party kind of boring um bachelor party was just like debaucherous um, all the guys in Speedos that, like, definitely should not have been in Speedos. And at one point, like, it's on Tom Sandoval's uh, area. Um, there wasn't a lot going on there. I was like, oh, he he feels like he's so sexy. And, like, there was nothing sexy about that close-up of his penis. Um, so, yeah, I that was not a good look. Um, and then he did make a comment to Tom Schwartz because Tom Schwartz was like looking at girls and uh, he was like, oh, no, you can't look. And he's like, oh, me and Ariana check out girls all the time and guys. And Tom Schwartz is like, what? And we just kind of sailed past it. And then Schwartz is like looking off in the distance and he's like, is that Raquel? And you see Sandoval like perk up like, what? No, no. Um, wild but that's really all the bachelor party was it just was a lot of debauchery um both of them looked like horrible parties i wouldn't want to been at either of them um and then we get to sheena's pre-wedding party there's so many parties and events at this wedding <laughs> by the way there's like so many things happening but we get to this party and we see that christina and katie and lala are having dinner and they're like at the restaurant that sheena's party's at so they're literally like at a table right next to like where it like looks on to what's happening at the party so that is wild i love it was like very white lotusy 
Oh, which by the way, Katie and Christina were at the preferred pool anyways, like while they were all at the bachelor parties, they it like cuts to them, like just sitting by the pool at the preferred adult swim or adults only pool um, that Raquel had said she was not allowed to be at. So loved that. Um, and then we end the episode with Raquel and Tom making out. Um, you know, everyone's like pushing them to make out and it's like, just make out, just make out. And I just felt like Raquel kept looking at Sandoval the whole time. And so my take is like, in real time, if we were watching this without the Scandoval, we would have thought like, okay, Raquel and Tom Schwartz are, are making out. Like this is like a true thing, which also they know, like Schwartz knows that Katie can see everything. So that was like a bit shady um, to be doing right in front of everybody. But in in real or in actual time, knowing what had happened with Sandoval, I feel like this was a strategic move on Raquel's part to make Sandoval jealous because she just kept looking at him and making eye contact with him. And I'm sorry if your eyes are on that person and you're over here kissing this other one, there's, there's something going on there. So um so yeah so that's how that ended we get another to be continued so more more to come um and then um we had real housewives ultimate girls trip not a lot to really get to on this i think um you know uh gibson johns and i uh deep dove on it on our last episode so if you didn't check that out uh, check out last thursday's episode we did a, we did kind of a recap of our thoughts of real housewives ultimate girls trip in thailand and I don't have a lot else to say because it's kind of just like giving, it's giving what it's giving. I'm entertained, but I'm not like, I don't have anything to really digest. Um, Leah is like just a complete disaster, continues to talk about her period and like talking about period runs. Ooh. And it's like, girl, just like get over it. And then she, how hot she is and she's miserable. And then she like has this moment where she's passing out and crying for Pepsi. And I love that Alexia, cause she's like, I don't have any underwear on. Don't put my legs up. And so Alexia is just grabbing clothes off of the rack and to cover her up with. It's like, okay, well this woman is like on her period and you're now covering her with, clothes that you probably aren't planning to buy. So that was, that was a little bit wild. Um, but the whole episode is like about Giselle's missing bottle of tequila and ever, all the girls know how crazy this is. Like, it's like, Oh my God, are we really talking about a hundred dollar bottle of tequila? Like I get it. Like that's a premium tequila, but like get over it. And if someone has it, like, why are we, why aren't they just like owning up to it? And like, maybe one of the staff members like took it. Like, I don't know. It's, but she will not let it go. And it's literally the entire episode feels like it's around this. Like other things sort of happen. Some of the girls like are getting, you know, into it. Uh, Portia and Candace get into it over the, the fact that she like didn't tag Leah and Candace in a photo and, but it's like, but it was still like all around this bottle of tequila. Then they get home and she's like, everyone, we got to get into each other's rooms and find this tequila. And then we get it to be continued because they're like going like just nuts. And it's like bottle gate is stupid and petty. And I, I'm just like, this is really, really dumb. 
um, if this is all we have, we don't have anything. So that's really all I've got about Ultimate Girls Trip. Like I said, tune into last week's episode if you didn't already to get more on kind of my take of the whole cast and what, you know, the Whitney and Heather drama and Marisol and Alexia and, and more of that because we really kind of deep dove and I just, this, uh, this episode didn't give me much beyond tequila. So um, that is our show today, guys. Um, I hope that you guys all have an incredible week. Um, we will be back on Thursday. I've got a fun interview uh, coming for you guys. And then um, again, we'll do more Bravo breakdown uh, next Monday. So don't forget to rate and subscribe so that you never miss an episode of The Gist. And follow me at CM Vetrano on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the things. And uh, yeah, continue to tune in. I hope you all have a great week and I'll talk soon. Bye.